Heyo, what's up everybody? It's episode number 201 of the Audible Farm podcast. This episode's brought to you by Couchtown Coffee. Couchtown Coffee is roasted right here in Iowa. All you gotta do is go to their website, make an order, and when you do, they'll roast coffee specifically for you and ship it to your house. Then all you have to do is grind it up and enjoy. It's one of my favorite coffees I've ever had. That's that's not hyperbole. They're not paying me to say that. I just really enjoy it. So check it out. Go to CouchtownCoffee.com. Find a coffee you like. Make an order. And when you do, let them know that Audible Farm sent you. They'll give you 20% off. Why? Because Couchtown Coffee's that awesome. Thanks, Couchtown. This episode, I am sitting down with Nisha Grant. It's not Nesha. It's Nisha. We go over that in the podcast, as well as a bunch of other things. This is an interesting one. I haven't really ever sat down and talked to Nisha very much at all. I met her at a jam night. She played a few songs. We've we've spoken a few times, but we haven't really ever sat down and like talked to each other. Like, hi, how are you? Where you're from? What's your name? Is about all I've really gotten out of her. So this is a good one. Uh, I sit down and talk with her about all sorts of stuff. Um, where she got started playing music, some of her biggest influences, uh, the insecurities of starting out, which is some of my favorite things to discuss, because I feel like a lot of us still have phantom feelings of that, uh, no matter how good we get. So there's some of that I feel that goes into a little bit of everything. So I, I really enjoyed this one because uh, she just was really open and honest with me. And it's just fun that I met somebody that knew somebody else that I knew like third hand. It's it's weird. We talk about that in the upcoming episode. It's it's pretty fun. Um, but yeah, we ended up. She's from Oklahoma, and I actually knew somebody that uh, knew who she was. But the person I knew, I've never actually met. So that's it's just kind of weird how it all worked out. But uh, hey, it's a small world. All right, this is a good one. It's episode number two hundred and one with Nisha Grant. It's the Audible Farm Podcast with your host Peter Stockdale. All right, so I'm sitting down. It's Nisha, right? It is Nisha. Yeah, yeah. I had to had to make sure I got that right. It's crazy. I had somebody named Misha on the podcast recently, so Misha with an M. Yeah, nice. I saw that. Yeah, so it all all works out. A lot of people think it's Nesha, but it's it's Nisha. Nesha. (laughs) Well, I'm sitting down today talking with Nisha Grant. I got the last name right, didn't I? You did. Man, I'm nailing this so far. I'm doing good. I actually met you at a jam night and I didn't really like so much meet you. I just kind of saw you play a couple times and we, I mean, we barely talked. I mean, we have talked, but, uh, it's kind of crazy because it, if I have the story, right, you kind of knew, you know, Josh, right down. Yes. So, and Clint knows Josh. Yes. Okay. So let's break this down. Clint Riedel has been on the podcast like a million times and, and you know, somebody that knows him and you're from Oklahoma. Yes. And somehow you're in the neighborhood working here. Yes. And you would stop by for jam nights every now and then and play. Yeah. So I actually met Clint first time at Shiny Top. It was my first um, first couple weeks in town, and I was following the live music and the jalapeno beer that they have there. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, and so I was listening to Clint while I was at the bar, and I, in my mind, I'm thinking, like, this guy's got to be famous, just, like, passing through as far as his, as far as his songwriting and uh, things like that, because... In Oklahoma, you don't just hear locals where I'm from have that, you know, I want to say substance in their songs. Yeah. And so um, I guess he noticed that I was listening. And so he came over and introduced himself um, after his set and said I was, he was from Oklahoma. And one thing led to another. And we have a mutual, I would call Josh an acquaintance, um, one of Clint's friends. And he invited me to um, play his break at bootleggers and then he um told me about jam night and so i started going out to jam night that's awesome that sounds 100 percent like clint too it's just like oh hi who are you wait you play you're gonna play at the next show i'm at because i need to take breaks you know so yeah very welcoming very surprisingly welcoming uh yeah uh (laughs) it's so funny because if you see clint you're like oh this guy's rough and tumble and then you like 
hear his stories when he sings and it's like oh this guy's a big cuddly teddy bear you yes. know and you go talk to him and it's like and somehow he's even nicer than that you know yeah exactly and you know working away from home as much as I do it's always so comforting meeting people like him in all these places um, I can't say that I've met anyone quite like Clint as far as just being so opening never met a stranger it seems like yeah um, and it just helped me kind of adjust faster than I normally would here yeah oh 100% I mean when I started playing guitar, I mean, I was I started when I was a teenager, but about five years ago or so, I started playing in Des Moines because I didn't know anybody. So it was like, this is easy. I don't have that, like, nerves of, like, somebody's going to, like, judge me or what if, you know, somebody from high school sees me and they're going to be like, woo, you played in a band or whatever. You know, there's none of that going on. So I was like, I'll just play down there. And I finally got the courage to come play up here. And I played uh, at a lot of jam nights with Clint, and that was kind of what got me going to, to do a lot of that. And I actually met him through the podcast, like, 100% blindly. Like, I... The first episode we did together is actually, like, us meeting. It's, like, ten minutes after we met. Wow. So, it's kind of crazy. That's how a lot of these go, though, because that's kind of what this is, honestly. So, right. But it's so wild to think that uh, it's, it's such a small world, because I, I, I'm actually Facebook friends with Josh as well, because I knew him through Clint, and he was in the area for a few days once, and... And I was going to go watch him play because he was going to go play somewhere. And then I got booked or whatever. And I just didn't get the opportunity to meet him. But I'm Facebook friends with him. So it was really crazy when I heard that you knew him. And I'm like, how does, <laughs> how does this work? You know, like, this doesn't, it's such a crazy, crazy coincidence. Like, I don't know. It just, it just blows my mind that you came up here blindly not knowing any of that. And then somehow you got kind of somewhat brought into the music scene. Have you played any other shows other than the one you played with Clint? So up here, no. Up here, no. No, I think I've played two of Clint's, mm -hmm. I think. Um, I've been invited, but it just didn't work out. Mm -hmm. It was either out of town back in Oklahoma one time, or I was working, you know, 96 hours a week. So Gross. Yeah, definitely <laughs> gross. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. So how did you get interested in music? Okay, so music has always been a part of my life in some way. Um, I have memories from when I was very young with my uncle he'd come over with guitar and I would be in his lap and he'd be playing the guitar oh out in front of you out in front of <laughs> that's me that's yeah. awesome um and then my great or my grandmother put me in piano lessons when I was in the second grade and so that was my first instrument um fast forward I was I do play piano you yeah you I still yeah, do yeah well oh. uh I mean my own style of course right yeah. like guitar but um I do it's an outlet it's it, I guess music has always been a creative expression for me um I've always written poetry and I've always written instrumentals, but I've never combined the two until probably 2018. I started that's, trying to find that groove. That's so wild. Like, I just figured that's like such an easy thing. It's just like, I've got cheese and dough and sauce and I never thought to make a pizza, you know, like, but yeah. like, it's like, it's right there in front of you, you know? Yeah. Oh man, that's crazy. It is crazy. Um, you know, there's a piano at the, at the junkyard now. It's a little keyboard okay. thing. So I did not know that. <laughs> you have I'll to swing by the next jam night and maybe plunk away. Yeah, for sure. I'll nerd out though. Like I'll just be <laughs> in my own world for a minute. I'd, I'd take it. I'd take it. Yeah. I mean, I feel like piano is what's missing in a lot of bands around here. And it wasn't until I played with a pianist that I was like, oh, this, this person can cover a lot of ground that like the rest of the band can't even come close to touching. Quietly so, too, right? Yeah. Like, it's discreetly. all in the background, but if it's not there, it's, it's There's, missing something big, yeah. you know, it's pizza without the cheese or whatever, you know? So yeah, it's, it's wild to think about that. So have you, have you ever tried to play piano and sing? Um, no. I've not. Is the wind getting it? It is a little bit. Okay. That's all right. Um, no, I've always just been, I would sit in the room, because, again, music has always just been in my life, whether I'm surrounded by musicians and I'm not playing or I'm playing. Um, and so, like, in high school, we would always get together and jam, and I would be on the piano, there'd be a guy on the drums, there'd be a guy on the guitar, and then um, early 20s, same thing. So I would always just be, like, pecking the, you know, the notes. Mm -hmm. um, but I guess I'm so used to writing what I'm feeling musically on the piano, it's really hard for me to surge those two together, oh, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Weld those two together and uh, get that groove. But that's a goal of mine to start doing. I think that's also something, though, too, like uh, depending on like what instrument you learned on first to do certain things kind of lends itself more to a certain thing. So like I didn't learn how to play sheet music with guitar and stuff. So most of the stuff I play is just stuff I'm thinking of off the cuff. And then the other end of it is like, I learned, and I'm not good at it, but I learned how to play a piano via like taking music theory classes. So like, that's where my brain goes to when I want to like, try to like think about shapes and, 
and how chords are and things like that. That's actually like what my brain visualizes instead of a guitar, and then I have to like translate it over. So it takes twice as long to do anything if I want to try it with guitar. But so, when was the first time you took one of your songs and put it to music? So you said piano fast forward guitar next yes all right so somewhere in here we got to be able to plug in the the music making right so piano um and then while i'm doing piano even in my younger years i was writing poetry um i didn't have the easiest life so that was a way to get that out right Mm -hmm. um and so i'd write my poetry i got my guitar when i was 14 set it down picked it back up at 16 set it back down um and so i guess you could say i was probably 28 years old when 2018 when I first started putting lyrics to my guitar. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and that was, I just wrote both at the same time, the first time that ever happened. Oh, crazy. That's cool. Yeah. It's multifaceted. Have you, how many songs have you written? Have you ever, I mean, like, I got a million questions. Oh, wow. Do you have, do you have, do you have thoughts of like going back through all this old poetry that you have and then putting music to it now? Or like, cause I imagine if you've been writing poetry that long, it'd just be as simple as just like pulling one up and being like, let's write a song. Definitely. Um, I probably have over a hundred songs that has not seen the light of day. Um, (laughs) and I have over 1000 notes on this phone alone. Um, just poetry that comes to me and I'll just write, um, Poetry back then is a little too dark for what I'm okay. looking for these days. You pass um, it off to a metal band Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Or, you know, grunge. I, I've got some good grunge material, I think. Um, but, yeah, I'm, that's the goal this next year is to really focus um, and be serious about music and my songwriting. More serious than ever. And I have Iowa to thank for that. Um, I've had these strangers just welcome me and support me and encourage me and to keep playing and to tell me that I can do it, you know. And it's helped a ton. Um, so ask that question next year <laughs> and I'll be better to answer it. It's so crazy to think though. Like, uh, I, are you like, I mean, I almost don't want to like fast forward and jump around. I've, I do have questions though. Um, are you like shy when, when you play? Cause your picture of you on Facebook is you playing guitar. Yes. And then I was just like, all right, so let's scroll to the next picture. It's you playing guitar. It's you playing guitar, but yet. Sometimes when it's like, come up and play at jam night, and you're like, ah, I don't know. And then, and then you'd get up there and play, and it's like, I'll just play one. It's like, play another Everyone's just like, play another one, play another one. <laughs> like, uh, you just don't want to step on people's toes, or what is it? That, yeah, that, and um, with the shyness, but more so step on people's toes. Um, my style is a lot different, um, you know, and that scares me because it's either they're either going to accept it or they're going to deny it. And I have a, you know, unsaid fear of rejection. And it's like, let me not face that and just hide at the house. That is, that is kind of true. But, uh, would it be the ultimate, you know, what is it? What was the word I'm thinking of? The ultimate, uh, affirmation for your, your poetry and music writing that is like one of a kind to just be like, I don't really care if they don't like it. Cause I mean, that's kind of, it almost feels like that would be the wheelhouse. Like if you have the attitude you have, like, that would be like what you would, I don't know. Yeah, no, that actually, that I'll say revelation came to me, um, within the last few days. I'm not sure exactly when, um, but it's like, you know what? Like there's a, I'm not, I'm a reason person. There is a reason that my stuff is different. There is a reason for me that I've always been connected to music and I've, you know, whatever. I know I need to get out there and do it. And so I'm going to start eventually. Yeah. Yeah. How many, had you played before you came up to Iowa? Let me ask you that. Okay, so my first um, gig, it was a break, same thing up here, was July of last year. Um, first time ever, like, saying, oh, Nisha Grant's coming to play. Now, I did open mics um, before that, a few, not a whole lot. Um, so I would say music career, not really career, but the first time that they asked me to come play was last year in July. Um, I probably did that probably five to ten times. I know that's a broad range. Um and then I just stopped, and then I actually came. Last time I played in Oklahoma was New Year's Eve, and then I came here in February. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's been that recent. That's that's actually pretty mind-blowing. So I feel like uh, this has been something you've been doing a while by yourself is what it feels like then because of how good you are. Is that a thing? Oh, okay. Uh, thank you. Like, okay. no, yeah. Um, well, I mean, you would think, like, not having played too many shows and things like that, you'd be kind of rough around the edges and it doesn't seem like that you know so is this something that you spend a lot of time on are you working 96 hours all the time or how does this work out here like how do you plug all this into all this time right um no so 
when I'm on jobs, um, I usually play probably two or three times a week. But when I'm off jobs, um, I'm playing probably three or four hours a day. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, if I'm not working somewhere else. If Basically, in my free time before I came to Iowa, it was just work guitar, work music, work art. Like, spend a lot of um, alone time, you know, mm-hmm. preferably. And so... Understandable. Yeah, so I play a lot. I just don't play a lot in public. And that's why I think when I get in public and I start messing up where I usually don't mess up, it throws me off and the whole thing just crumbles, I feel like. Yeah. Have, have, so what kind of... Uh, I have those feelings, too. And I, I, I do have to say, like, the last podcast, episode 200, woo, if anybody was listening to it, uh, we talked about like kind of like what our nerves are before playing shows. But, like, that's one where, like, when you mess up at a show, it's so hard to describe the feeling. It's just like, how do I... How do I get back on track? How do I figure out where I'm supposed to be? So if you have a band, it's kind of easy. You just plug right back into where they're at. You don't play any super wrong notes and everything sounds okay, kind of. But if you're like by yourself, it's just like, oh, snap. Like where I have to figure out how to plug the words back into this and get the rhythm back on track and play the right chord. So it's a little bit like panicky. But one thing that like was weird enough that I kind of leaned on as my only justification for this was the fact that whatever song I was up there playing at any given moment there probably wasn't anyone else in the building that could play that song you know that might vary at certain shows you know certain jam nights or whatever but like you know if I'm playing with three finger Betty we're playing a three finger Betty song nobody else knows this song like who are you to tell me I'm playing the wrong stuff anyways you know like this is how it's supposed to go or whatever you know so you just kind of just I don't know that's what I kind of leaned on as my justification we're like this isn't so bad and then you just have to figure out how to hide the mistake is the next thing yeah for sure and i know in that last episode they were talking about um, proper hydration i've noticed that that is a major key um so if i'm drinking a while and i haven't had much water i'm more likely to have errors and mess up and not be able to recover as smoothly as i would um that was just a thought I had, and then I heard it on the last episode, and I was like, I'll be damned. I'm yeah. not the only one that thinks that. Yeah. I mean, that was definitely uh, the drummer that brought that up at a show um, on the last podcast. But, yeah, it's 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 totally a thing. Like, I, I played a show recently. It was, like, whatever, like 90-some degrees out outside, and it was just, like, an all-day outside show kind of deal, and it was... By the time it was all said and done, I was just, I was so gassed, but I drank like five bottles of water leading up to it, and I was still just like sweating all over, and you know, it, it definitely, I think it helps, and I think about people like you that are singers as well, because I'm not predominantly a singer, but if you're singing the whole show, like I think about how much inhaling and exhaling you're doing, and then you got to think like, the moisture's coming out, you know, so you're losing moisture by inhaling and exhaling, and then that's, if you're doing that repetitively... Right. You know, you're going to need water, even if you're not sweating, you know. Plus, like, you got to get, like, your lemon water, your honey water, or whatever, if you're singing, you know, to get your voice all coated up. But For sure, yeah. That's something I've not done the best at is um, voice maintenance, I guess, vocal cords. Because uh, in my mind, I'm just at home. I don't need to, you know. Um, but, yeah, that's a good tip. I didn't realize lemon, honey water would help. So Yeah, I don't know. Thank the you people, that. people have arguments one way or the other. I just drink a milkshake and go up there and call it good. Mm. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Milk was a bad choice. No. Oh, man. So, do you play any other instruments? That's a loaded question. Um, I'll play anything that you put in front of me. Um, Whether I'm, you know, I'm obviously not skilled at it, but I always kind of have a basis of the instruments. Um, So, I sat behind my first set of drums, probably in 2017, 2019, just going along with a song, and it not to yank my own chain, but it blew my mind, you know, that I wasn't just terrible. And I'd never done that before. But again, like music has always been a part of my life. I was in every band, middle school, high school, you know, so I have, I get the concept of rhythm. Um, But so no, I play harmonica some, I'll harmonize on harmonica. And if you get me the tambourine, I will bang that thing. (laughs) So you said you were in bands in like junior high and high school. Are we talking the school band? Or, yeah, yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, school band. So middle school was uh, I played the flute and the xylophone. I could read the sheet music of the xylophone, so she put me back there. Um, high school, I was really tired of the flute. That was a grandmother that influenced me to do that. And then I was on the drum line for a year, two years, and then I did something else. So the drums. That's that's a thing. So I feel like the drums. If you're a drummer first, it helps you so much with guitar, because like I can see that. as much as people want to just get up there and shred a bunch like every style of guitar it doesn't matter what it is you have to have rhythm 
and it's like the hardest thing in the world to teach somebody. It is. Like, I've, I've never really tried to teach anyone rhythm, but it was hard for me to grasp it on the guitar. And But I had to step back and think in the mindset of just rhythmic first and then the chords. You know, I kind of did it backwards learning because yeah. I was just at the time I picked a guitar back up in my late 20s. It was basically just a self-expression thing. So I wasn't even paying attention to what I was doing. Okay. I was, yeah, it's pretty ass backwards, but well, it, it worked out. So, yeah. I mean, I think about the way a lot of people, like, everyone learns differently, first and foremost, but, like, I feel like everyone approaches the guitar in a different fashion. So, like, I mean, I was one of those kids that, like, grew up, and I'm just like, I just want to be, you know, like, have long hair, just play guitar, be super cool, just, you know, distortion and loud, and, you know, I was pretty much that guy, you know, whatever. So it's like, I'll look up some tabs, I'll learn a couple songs, everybody will think I'm cool, you know, or whatever. And it wasn't until my, you know, late 20s where I was finally like, I'm going to figure out actually how to play this thing, which is like a sad, sad thing, you know, but I mean, I kind of did it the wrong way too. I had like gear and things and didn't really know what I was doing with any of it. Yeah. But also in a sense, think about had you done it any other way, you have your own tasteful way to play your guitar now. And I think that leads into that or has a big chunk to do with that. Um, Cause I can tell you up here, I can spot players. Um, and you were one of the first ones that I was catching on to like, Oh, that's Peter Stockdale. Oh, that's Peter Stockdale. Yeah, no, like you have your own style, but it's still clean, crisp and basically what's expected as a lead guitar player. If that makes sense. That's nice. That's very cool. Cause, uh, I actually have, I don't know. I talked about this actually in the very outro of the last episode. I've, I've, everyone goes through this, but I'm in like a funk where I feel like I'm like, I'm not a hundred percent sure if I'm a good guitarist and I feel like everyone goes through that and it's just a plateau or whatever, you know, I just need to do something to change it up a little bit, but I can't figure out what it is. And until I figure out what that is, I'm probably just going to be like, Bleh. but I really appreciate the compliment. It's uh, yeah, for sure. It comes back to, I think what you said earlier though, where it's like, I kind of don't want to step on anyone's toes. So like when I first started playing with Clint and at this jam nights and things, it was just like, I'll just, I'll just play like rhythm guitar. I'll just play whatever chords he's playing. I'll just back them up or whatever, you know? And then I started figuring out like, I could plug a lead in here and I can plug one in here. And if you start like doing that every now and then, uh, the easiest way to figure out you're doing something wrong is if somebody like snaps their head over and it's just like, oh, none of that, no more of that. <laughs> yeah, you know? totally. So uh, you start to figure out what people appreciate and what they don't appreciate. And then you just try not to step on their toes, you know? When he's singing, I probably shouldn't be just wailing away and doing stuff. And it, it took me a while to figure that out because I wasn't much different than you, though. Like, I, I didn't play around here. And when I would be at home not playing in Des Moines, I would just sit down in the basement and play along to like jam tracks. And it's just like, oh, I'll just learn how to solo playing along to all these rhythm tracks with no words. And then when songs actually have words, you have to figure out how to avoid these words, which is something I didn't realize was a thing, you know? Yeah, but you're pretty much, you go in the pocket. I try. I yeah, try so no, hard. you do. Stay out of the way. Yeah. So how does one transform, I, I mean, this is just something I, I kind of was thinking of. How does one transform a poem into a song? Because songs have like verse, chorus, verse, chorus. I mean, not all songs. Right. But... but like, do you, I mean, it, would, it almost never happens this way with poetry, but do you like write poetry with like, uh, whatever they call it, where you recall like a certain line when you come back to it, just change it a little bit. And then you're like, Oh, that's a perfect chorus change right there or whatever, you know? And, so no, I don't. Um, some, some of my songs is just a poem. There's no structure to it as far as songs. Um, actually a lot of them are. And then I realized that it was somewhat disrespectful to all like to be, Call, call yourself a songwriter and actually not put effort into the structure, right? Um, so now it's like I'll write and then whatever I feel is the strongest point of that whatever I wrote, I'm not going to call it a poem or a song, that'll be the chorus. Okay. And then if I need to think of something else, I'll try to put something else in there. Um, ah, yeah. so you can actually be like amending these yes. poems even if they're like older or whatever to, to make them fit what you need. That, yeah, for sure. That makes a lot of sense. I guess I never really thought about that. Like a poem, I was just thinking it's like when, when you're done writing it, it's done, you know, like that's the end of it. You can't do anything else with it. But like, I guess why couldn't you add to it or take away from it? <laughs> it's like all goes in music, right? And <laughs> yeah. art. Like it I, took me a while to realize that, but the more I think about it and the more I think about like my influences and stuff and how they've influenced me, it's like, you know, anything goes. That's true. I mean, with lyrics, we won't say instrumentals, but like, well, to an extent, if you, if you lean hard enough one direction or another, you can kind of get away with doing whatever you want. Like, uh, I would, I would say that 
Bob Dylan would be one I would point at, especially for like singer-songwriters. If you sit down and count one, two, three, four to a lot of his songs, you're like, this ain't lining up very well, you know, like, because he kind of just, you know, just meandered his way through the song the way he wanted to do it, you know? Yes. And when you listen to it, it's just like, this sounds amazing or whatever, because it's, it's a well-written song. But at the same time, um, yeah, it might not necessarily, some people might be like, that's not actually really good music writing, because it's, you know, you can't write, you know. Well, what, and see, like, I don't mean to interrupt, but when I first started playing again, I was surrounded by those assholes, the ones that were like, hey, that's not how you do that, and that's not how you do that. And that was embedded in my mind until I started paying attention to Bob Dylan, yeah. literally. And I was like, you know what? Bob Dylan did his own thing, and he's still famous. Like, uh, yeah. screw those guys. Yeah. Like, I'm going to do whatever the hell I want to do. Yeah, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, call in if you know. Uh, Bob Dylan, didn't he win a Nobel Prize? I'm not going to agree to that, but I think you're right. I think like, that's correct. Don't want to lie to you. Light me up on Facebook if you uh, find out that's wrong and you just want to laugh at me. But yeah, I mean, that's that was one of the first ones because I had some people like, hey, can you teach me some Bob Dylan? It's like, yeah, I can. And then you teach him how to play it. And they're like, this doesn't go like it does with the song. And it's like, that's because he's got his own style that's so unique. I mean, we could just change this up like that when you want to. But uh, it's... I mean, I don't, I mean, I'm not going to put them down, but everyone knows this is what I'm going to say. You're talking about, like, s- making songs and, like, singing and stuff. Like, he's not even, like, the best singer, honestly. Right. Like, like let's just call a spade a spade. It's an acquired taste. It is an acquired taste. It's um, not a taste I enjoy. And I think it takes, to be a Bob Dylan fan, like, uh, besides appreciation for music and everything of that, I think it takes, you're going to dig the tune, you're going to dig the lyrics, and then you're going to accept the, the tone that he's singing in. Yeah. It's like you accept his voice because everything else is so strong. Okay. I 100% agree with that, actually. Uh, that's my argument always for Neil Young. When people are just like, I hate Neil Young because he's all like, so when he sings. And it's like, ignore all that. Take all the lyrics and just be like, look at all this stuff he's writing. Listen to the songs. like, Right. Like it's Plus his like 1970s BBC special was like insanely good. I don't know if anybody's ever seen it. Can I have to note that? Oh uh, yeah, uh, it is amazing. It's it's like on YouTube. He's he's younger and he's spends a lot of time fishing around in his pockets for different harmonicas and making jokes, but it's it's really good. Nice. So, um, but yeah, I mean, so so who are some of your biggest influences when it comes to writing music? I'm sure we've uh, uncovered Bob Dylan. Yes, Bob Dylan. Um, I would say he more. He more encouraged me than influenced me, if that ah, makes sense. I like that. I like that. Um, so when I first started playing again, Brandy Carlisle was someone I was heavy into. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was more of, for she's phenomenal, obviously. Um, this was back in 2018, so she was still kind of on the singer-songwriter train. And don't know what she's on now, but she's doing fantastic. Um, and then Emmylou Harris. That connected me to Emmylou Harris. Okay. Um, but that was more so just females are doing it, like let's get it Mm -hmm. um but as far as my songwriting and my playing john prine um i know he's a lot of people's influencer um but he taught me like anything goes in lyrics like don't even worry about what you're saying like he'll drop an f-bomb randomly in the nicest song in the world and it's like what (laughs) yes and then he'll say you know a lady from venus her insides were made with gold or lined with gold like what like just okay cool like i'm here for that (laughs) that's awesome no rules (laughs) exactly um but with john prine my thing was is like holy shit like i don't have a band like and he does you know i'm i compare myself um and then i came across uh blaze foley he's a singer songwriter from austin texas back in the day um and it's just him and his guitar and he's a storyteller and when I heard this guy, and I don't know a song off the top of my head, but if anyone has not heard of Blaze Foley and you're into singer-songwriters, look this guy up. He is incredible. Um, as soon as I heard him, I was like, I could do it. That's awesome. Yeah. He is just phenomenal. And his, his songs are crazy. They're good. They're heartbreakers. They're ragers. Like, but it's all acoustic guitar behind him. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's awesome. Uh, guy Clark, also another songwriter that influenced me heavily. Um, who else? Shania Twain. Gotta yeah. say Shania Twain, girl power, but she made her way to the top regardless of anything. She nice. has that message like, you know, you can do it. Anyone can yep. do this, especially yep. a female in the industry. Yep. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, you were talking about, uh, oh, man, I hope I didn't lose this. Um, oh, how, how you kind of compare yourself to some of these people and they're like, well, you know, John Prine had a band or whatever, you know, and, and, and you know, this person has a band or whatever, you know, it's it's you know jesse wilson's got a band or clint riedel's got a band or whatever but 
I definitely think that it's not the whole fact that they went out and made a band and stuff like that. I think that they just attract those people. And they can, and I'm not trying to say they're, they're this good that this could always happen, but like they can just kind of make a band anytime they want to. If if they wanted to, for sure. I mean, I agree with you 100. percent So this was like my premature attitude back in the day, right when I first started. Um, but I, that's actually something that's recently clicked with me. Is like, you know what? Like, I can eventually have a band. It's not just that I need one right now. And I'm actually just now open to the idea of and having the confidence of, hey, maybe I could get a band, but jam night's gonna have to happen a lot more before before I get comfortable. But yeah, um, definitely. I know it's not you know overnight just like hey be in my band let's make this band you know you never know but it was just one of those things where i would say oh okay so i can write this song because john prine wrote this song but then it was like well shit like looking for success is like well he's got a band like you know and then blaze foley comes along and he doesn't have a band and he's writing kind of more along the line songs that i write Mm -hmm. i relate more lyrically with him and it's just like okay this is awesome and it just, it's helped push me along even further if I wanted to give up or I'm the person that will think of every reason not to or every reason it can fail before I think of reasons how it could succeed, you know? Yeah. And yeah. so they've influenced me is basically just keep going and it's taught me a lot. So, yeah, I mean, I don't, I, it's such so weird because I feel like that mentality is very beneficial in certain situations and very detrimental in certain situations because you're just like uh, hope for the best prepared for the worst kind of thing which is a great way to be you know always be prepared Boy Scouts motto you know isn't it what I don't know it <laughs> could have been it know, is sure. now <laughs> it is now you know always be prepared or whatever and uh, yeah so I mean I think that's probably why when the few times I've seen you play I was always just like oh that's she's been playing for like 10 years or something you know like because because you're so prepared to go into these scenarios and situations um well it's like at that point it's like all in or nothing yeah, you know yeah so, true yep sink or swim jump in the deep end and i get distracted sometimes when i'm playing so how many songs did you play somewhere before you actually went up and played one of your own songs or was that the first song you ever went up to like an open mic night and played because I mean, I don't know. Like, the first open mic night song I played was whatever. I don't know. I think it was, like, Going Down by Freddie King. You know, it's just like, you know, know, whatever. But, like, so I didn't write it. Everyone thinks I wrote it at the jam nights when I play it. (laughs) Because people here are uncultured swine. No, I'm just kidding. I don't There's a bunch of musicians I don't know. So I'm just kidding, everyone. Don't hate me. Um, But, yeah, so what was the first song you played at a jam night? Let's just start there. Okay, so it was open mic? Yep. Are you talking about jam nights up here? Anything. Okay. So the first time you went up in front of uh, a microphone and sang for people. Kind of my luck has been so far in music. So the first time I ever played in front of anyone, it was at a bar in Purcell, Oklahoma. It was called Bell Star Saloon. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with the band Reed Southall Band. Um, they're really popular in the South. They're making their way everywhere. Um, See, I don't know. I'm not, now I'm uncultured. Well, the, <laughs> Came no, right back around pretty quick. I love that. Instant. Um, they have a pretty big following. Um, they've toured with Whiskey Myers. Um, cool. Things like that. Co Wetzel and them are big buddies. Um, Parker McCollum, he was at one of the song swaps I was at before he even got big. Um, anyways, so I'm like, okay, tonight's the night. I'm going to do it. So they're, they're doing their thing and I'm drinking a little bit, getting some liquid courage. And then in walks, like basically everyone from Reed Southall band. And I'm like, Oh shit. Like I've already committed to doing this. And of course all of these pristine in my mind, musicians, like mm-hmm. guys that I'm looking up to, I'm like, Oh, this is going to be great. Yep. So I get up and I sing and it's, it's original. It was one of the very first songs. I, it was the first song I wrote on a guitar. Um, totally butchered it i blacked out like out of nerves don't even remember anything it was terrible i quit halfway through not half i say three quarters of the way through and i was like well that's all you guys are gonna get thank you for listening and i walk off stage and everyone just embraced me they were like hey like keep doing it like don't stop like 100 percent. they were so humble and so awesome about it because had that been the other way i probably would have never picked up a guitar again yeah it's a tough thing i feel like uh not every music scene and not every place is that supportive. So just be glad you like got into the, you know, the right people were there and told you to keep going. It's not that anyone's ever told me to not, not keep going. 
but uh, it has happened on one occasion. So See? And yeah, there's some assholes was, out there. And it was somebody I shouldn't even worry about, and I took such offense to it, and uh, it crushed me uh, deep within my soul. And it was, I'm being serious. It just, like, just ruined me. Like, I was just like, ah, oh, I suck at everything, you know. But it's still, like, it's one of those funny things. Like, it's nobody's good at anything the first time they do it. And even, like, you can practice a million times, but then the first time you have, like, you put it in common application, you're like, oh, this didn't work out as well. I still need to... Because you can't actually prepare for what's going to happen in the real world in any given situation, no matter how many times you practice something. Right. You know? I mean, it works that way. It works that way, you're, you know, any job you've ever trained for. Any, you know, think about that. It's just like, this is how you, you know, this is how you make the burgers, and this is how you, whatever, this is how you... I don't care whatever the job is. We're just going to use burger flippers. What do you, you know, nobody teaches what to do the first time somebody comes up and yells at you or, or a heckler or, you know. For sure. For you, for you hecklers out there, it's very discouraging. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. No. It works. <laughs> it does. Oh, my gosh. But uh, also the other end of that is I will have a microphone. So watch out. Um, it's happened. But, yes. Uh, so let's keep going. So your first song you ever played was one of yours. You maybe, uh, by your own account, by what you're telling me, you didn't do very well. No. But, but people were still very receptive to the fact that you were up there playing. Yes. And actually, one of my biggest critics, lifelong friend, always told me, like, hey, you're way out of tune, quit singing type person. Mm-hmm. Um, he came up to me and he was like, hey, keep singing. You know, and I'd never heard that from him. And we had been friends for so I was like... Okay, I think I'm going to keep singing. But yeah, so it was a um, an original that I tried to do. Because at that time, I think I'd only known one other song that wasn't something that I was just making up. Okay. Um, so I was... What's the word? Um, I wasn't very constructive with my guitar learning. It was just, again, like a creative expression. So I would just pick it up and play. And then finally I was like, hey, I know some chords. And I know I can Google any of these chords to any of these easy country songs. I think I'm going to learn some songs, you know. So <laughs> Don't tell everybody how easy it is. No, I'm just kidding. That <laughs> no. is, that's how easy it is. It, exactly. Um, thank you. But it, I don't know if it's... Because I guess naturally I'm a, I'm a pick. And mm-hmm. so at that time I didn't really know how to pick. So I was picking and strumming and it just sounded terrible. Um, but yeah, it was one of those experiences that is just... You can't make this shit up. It was like... This, these band members walked in first time, you know, and it's just like, wow, awesome. <laughs> that is yeah. pretty wild to have somebody that, you know, is semi-famous show up to, like, your very first open mic night and... They weren't even there. <laughs> it was like, what? You guys, okay, go ahead. Go ahead of me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, would you rather follow them or be in front of them? Touche. Mm. Touche. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a tough one. Following... We talked about that the last episode. You got to ride the wave if you're if you're following somebody. Just ride the wave. Just go with it. You know. You'd, I mean, that would have been one of those situations where if I played after somebody and I didn't do very good and it was like a solo set, I'd just be like, "Wow, that that other band was really good, huh?" Yeah. Just, you know, like. <laughs> uh, you know, give it up for. <laughs> just try to uh, put some comedy in on the mix or something. I don't know, but. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, that's crazy. So, do you have any? Well, I guess we can keep going. I'm going to keep going on this topic because so like when did you first start playing like uh, did you collecting songs where you're like, this seems like it could be a set that I could play somewhere? Okay, so I had not ever really even thought about creating a set again. This is just my weird brain at the time because I was just doing it mm-hmm. um, until I was invited to play that yeah. break at a restaurant called the Bendigo's in Hochatown, Oklahoma, back home. And they're like, Hey, we're going to play in two weeks. We want you to play the break. And I'm like, okay. Like, I don't even know what, if I have enough songs, they're like 30 to 45 minutes. And I was like, okay, shit. Like I, that's when I had to start writing down, like what songs do I sing and what songs do I sing? Well, what songs do I not, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that it was just in that moment that I was like, got to make a set. And so yeah. it was like a 45 minute set that I did. And, it was probably about 60, 40, 60 original, 60% original, 40% my own. Did you feel more comfortable playing the originals or playing oh, yeah. your own? No doubt originals. Why is that? Because uh, originals, I mean, covers, no doubt covers. The I was covers. very more comfortable playing covers because originals are so vulnerable. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's enough music out there, though, that I would just like slam an original in there and just be like, yeah, Steve Joe Bob wrote that one. And just like, you know, no <laughs> I'll probably do that next time. <laughs> that's so hilarious. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's that's me, by the way. You know, yeah. 
Or how awesome would it be to like ghostwrite the songs under a different pen name and then just show up as your regular name and play them and just be like... <laughs> Making that note, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I mean, it could be a thing. It could be a pretty funny thing, too, where people don't know, you know, you are who you are. Like, what is it? Uh, Garth Brooks... Chris Gaines. Yes, okay. But, not, but cooler than that. I'm yes. talking, you know. He, <laughs> yeah, like he was already Garth Brooks. Like you, you, I feel like you should do Chris Gaines first and then come out as Garth. I don't know. Oh, man. Honestly, I don't know. It just, I don't, yeah. it's whatever. And <laughs> you know, like how I collect songs, It's it takes, it's been like a year's span. It's like I don't just say, hey, I'm going to learn that song. It's like I'll hear a song or I'll think of a song. I'm like, hey, I'm going to learn that song. Until recently, now it's like, okay, if I really want to play music, like my own, not just breaks. I'm gonna have to learn some covers that may not mean shit to me. That's yeah, unfortunate, but true. Yeah, that's probably the biggest struggle. But uh, if that's the biggest struggle, I think I'll be just fine. Yeah, maybe. true, true. I mean, it's. I don't know. I almost don't want to say it, but hey, that's what the podcast is for. Uh, I play a lot of songs I don't necessarily enjoy. I would never, never go on my Spotify and listen to them. I would never, if they were playing in a room, I might walk out, kind of deal. But. There's something to be said about the fact that when you're playing music and other people are enjoying it, yeah, that is just like, I'm doing a good thing. I'm doing something that these people enjoy, regardless of whether or not I enjoy it. You know, and maybe that's like my brain in some twisted fashion, just be like, oh, I'm, I'm a good person because I'm doing these people a favor or something. But like, no. it's what, like, I guess to me, it's just, you're, you're bringing the party is what you're doing, you know, and people you're- are enjoying it. Yeah, you're making people happy. There's yeah. nothing wrong with I can make... Honestly. Or uh, was it Jeff Lynn from ELO? Is that his name? I think I got it right. But yeah, the guy from ELO, the guy that sings in that band. Electric Light Orchestra. They had like Turn to Stone and all those songs. Evil okay. Woman. Okay, e- yeah. Evil Mama. Yes, so, okay. Yeah, so that guy was in, also in Traveling Wilburys. Interesting. So, do you, um, do you usually stick to playing singer-songwriter stuff? Have you ever picked up an electric guitar? Because I guess I've only ever seen you with an acoustic. So, recently here in Iowa, I went to the pawn shop and I bought an electric guitar. Aha! Yes, and I have my um, amp with me. And so, my next thing is I, need, I really want a delay pedal. Just a little delay on some notes or maybe reverb. I don't know. Um, but I've messed around with them before and they're amazing. But yeah, so just recently started with the electric. Um, it's a whole other animal. But yeah. as far as like maneuvering and um, navigating the neck, I feel like it's going to be a little bit easier than acoustic. Yeah. Um, but I love it. I've not plugged it in in a very long time, probably two or three months, but I absolutely love it. That is, um, that's fun, though, that you're just like, you're here and you're like, eh, I might get yeah. an electric guitar. Let's go see what the pawn shop has. You just go <laughs> yeah. snag one off the wall. I'm like, this thing's coming home with me. Yes. And it was, it's a... It's just a, it's not very expensive. I bought it for like 120 bucks, but it's beautiful to me. It's like a maroon, it's worn. I want to say it's a telly. Cool. Yeah, I don't really remember. That's terrible. I just was like, hey, I want that one. Yeah, well, I mean, that's how I picked my first guitar. I saw somebody playing one of those, and I want that one. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. It would be cool just like that person. Well, you know, I have, like, electrics, it's like either Telecaster or you have... uh, the Stratocaster. The Stratocaster. Yep. Or you have the, um, the, Les, the Les Paul, Paul, the Gibson, the Les Paul. And but, and you have those people that just are stick to those, right? Mm-hmm. Me, I want like one of everything because the Les Paul is more like Led Zeppelin. And, mm-hmm. you know, the Tele or the Stratocaster is uh, Stevie. Uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Yes. Yep. I'm just overthinking <laughs> at this point. But, yeah. That's okay. So. Um, but, yeah, I, mean, I totally get it, though, like what we're talking about with the different types of guitars and just kind of like you kind of want one of everything because I definitely have like gear acquisition syndrome it's just that thing where you just buy too much stuff or like this is too good of a deal to pass up and it'll never come around again so I better buy it now and then it's like do you need it though and it's like no but you'll uh, use it I'll use it once and I'll just be like there I was justified in spending money you know (laughs) yeah exactly but different guitar tones they tell a different story and this is deep. I'm a deep person. I swim in the deep end, but like I have so many different stories to tell. And so like, I want one, one in my collection, one of each in my collection, my future music. It also explains why you like, when we were talking about electric guitars, like one of the first things you mentioned was how you kind of want, uh, like a delay pedal or a reverb pedal, something to change it up a little bit. Yeah. You know, It's it's a new flavor. It's a new sound that you, you know, might not be on the amp that you have if you have whatever kind of amp, you know, Right. Depending on 
yeah, whatever you've got. It's but terrible. I don't even know. It's PV, I think. Oh, man. That breaks my heart. PV's the best. Uh, well, I know. It was a gift. My dad got it for me, and I was just like, hey, thanks. And then I packed it up and brought it here, and I haven't really nice. messed with it a lot. But Hey, PV makes some fun mm-hmm. stuff. They make some fun stuff. <laughs> and you know that. I play PV stuff. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, as far as, like, picking a guitar out, I used to just be like, first guitar I brought with a Strat. I just, you know, got to be one of those cool Strat guys or whatever. Well, it was just like less Pauls, less Pauls, less Pauls. It was all less Pauls. And uh, ever since then, I've, I've kind of like finally started branching out a little bit. But uh, What do you normally take to jam night? A PVT-60. Okay. It's like a good PV was like, let's make a guitar, and they shaped it kind of weird. And it just looks like a hunk of wood with some crap on it. It's- but it... It's kind of neat looking though too. At the same time, like it's so weird to describe it. Like, does it look cool? Nah. Sounds good. It does sound really good. It does sound really good. Yeah, they wanted to make a guitar that was like, if you twist the knobs and turn the stuff and click the buttons in certain ways, you can kind of get it to sound like a Strat or a Telecaster okay. or a Les Paul, depending okay. on what you do with it. So I was gonna say Strat. No, Tele. I'm sorry, Tele. Because when you're playing the country songs, I feel like that's yeah could yeah. be wrong, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, they. it's so weird. I prefer uh, a single coil in the neck and a humbucker in the bridge. Nice. But that kind of sounds, you know, less Paul over here and more Telly over there, more Strat over there. So that's, yeah, you're, you're pretty much spot on. But it's pretty much just like a switchblade guitar. It's a little bit of everything. You can play it with anything. But, uh, yeah, I, I definitely... <laughs> I, uh, I wish you luck on the guitar quest because I'll <laughs> tell you what I've I've bought and sold a handful and I I need still need to sell a few to justify yeah why you know I don't know but I've done pretty good at like holding back on buying all the guitars now I do have um, two keyboards and I'm thinking about another one but uh, just because I don't have one here um, <laughs> but the guitars is like I like the Breedlove I like the Martin obviously oh, yeah. a Taylor you know like. Each one of every make, I'm going to like at least one style or one model that they make. And so Mm -hmm. it's been really hard, but I thank you for the luck. Breedlove has a handful of ties to Iowa. I can't remember exactly what it is. Tom Bedell, maybe one of the CEOs or co-founders or something was from Iowa, or or maybe they both were. Isn't there some... I was at Sneakers a few months ago, and there was a guy there playing. Um, his na- it was either Scott or Adam was the first name, and he was talking about a festival he's doing in October somewhere here. Breedlove is supposedly, allegedly sponsoring that and giving like 2,000 acoustic guitars, so it'll be like Guinness World Records of the most oh. acoustic guitar played in yeah. one song. Yeah, that's something Scott Kirkhart's been trying to okay. work out for a while. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, is that a thing? Do you know? I don't, I don't know if it's a thing. He, right he has not like publicly said anything, so it's still just a rumor. But uh, Scott? Yeah, but it's, uh, it's a thing. And it's crazy to think that like, How's there somebody that's like lives around here working on something that wild, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, but the breed love is what surprised me because I'm like, hey, like they do, they range in prices, but like that's a good made guitar. Like yeah, even the cheap ones are nice. Yeah, you know, there's a few companies that are like that. I'm like how the hell do they get somebody to donate two thousand? And it was like, oh, because they're connected to Iowa in some way. Yep, yep. So so that kind of makes sense. There are a few cool guitar companies around Iowa that have connections to Iowa in some capacity or another. Um, but yeah, I mean, built guitars is one. I think they're out of. Oh, don't quote me. This is wrong. It's Des Moines, but it's not Des Moines. I don't know where it is. I think it's Des Moines, but uh, yeah, they're based out of Iowa somewhere. I think uh, the guy from the Killers plays one. Wow. And so that's uh, amazing. It's kind of a neat way to get your name out there. But um, yeah, I've seen those kind of floating around and stuff. But so now you got me intrigued. You said you have a couple keyboards, and I, I know you have an acoustic, um, and I know you have an electric. Uh, you said you play harmonica, so I'm assuming there's probably a harmonica hanging out somewhere. Are you somebody that's just like, do a banjo and just like buy it and then you're just like, I'm gonna learn how to play this kind of, or like, do you have like ukuleles and stuff hanging around or like mandolins or like just trumpets and saxophones just like sitting in the corners at your place? You know, I really wish I did. (laughs) (laughs) I really wish I did. Uh, no, I've just acquired instruments, different scenarios. It's not like, Hey, I'm going to learn that. I'm going to buy that now the violin or the fiddle is something that I did purchase with the intent to learn. I mm-hmm. don't have that anymore, so mm-hmm. <laughs> didn't work out. But um, harmonica was something I had a lot of buddies um, early years of college play a guitar, and they needed a harmonica. So I was like, you know, screw it, I'll pick it up and try to play it 
mm-hmm. birched the crap out of it, but it was still there. It was finally got to where I know how to get in the pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, it's just acquired. If needed, I'm going to try it and I'm going to be terrible, but I, I just like being in that moment playing music. Like it's just something that I'll play the spoons if you'll let me. I've, I'm actually mind blown. There's not more people that play and I get it like technology and, and whatever, but I'm surprised. Look, really surprised there's not more people that play those like simple handheld easy instruments like the yeah. spoons like you can carry these in your pocket and play along to anything you know harmonica same deal harmonica a little different you can't play along to every song with the same harmonica right. but you can't, you know, no he couldn't it'd be horrible <laughs> it, well, would, it would kind of work but i think because there is techniques though to the harmonica and spoons because i'm one of those like oh, i'll do it i can do it i can do it and then i'm doing it and i'm like oh shit i can't do this, this. Is tough, like yeah. this, there's actually skill and techniques and you know, that was ignorance on my end. But so it's not as easy as it is, but I'm willing to try it in a group setting. It's usually when we're all drinking and no one's really going to remember. Yeah, so I, that's how I've acquired all, <laughs> all of those planes. That's actually not a bad way to go about doing it, though. It's just like, well, nobody's going to care about any of this, you know, so yeah. I might as well just go out there and do it, you know. That's actually kind of, that should be your next defense mechanism because every time you're playing guitar anywhere, people are drinking. I know, but it's just me up there, you know. Like as song swaps, okay, I'm okay, way okay, more comfortable um, doing that. But trying to help you out with punching holes in my story here. <laughs> but it does Sorry. make it does make uh, does make me think though. Like the harmonica just does blow me away that there aren't just like like 40 people here that know the harmonica, you know, because it like fits in your shirt pocket or whatever, right. you know. I mean, not that I, nobody has shirt pockets anymore. <laughs> nobody, your pants pocket. Nobody works anymore. No, I'm just kidding. I guess that's wrong podcast. Their fanny packs. Oh. It's in their fanny packs. <laughs> Oh, man. That'll be the next app. It'll just be like a phone. Like, all phones have harmonicas in the sides of them, you know? Um, but Here for it. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, do you have... Do, now, we're going to go back to the acoustic guitar talk. So, acoustic guitar, we're talking electric guitar tones and different things you can do with it. The acoustic guitar is just an acoustic guitar. There's really, like, not too much you can do with it. There are actually a couple of acoustic guitars that have onboard like resonance effect systems uh i do know there's a few people around here that like have played them live and own them but they they're really neat you can like turn up like you can have, make your guitar of chorus and it all just comes right out the sound hole based on like a little preamp that's in there picking up the resonance of the guitar and then just like sending yeah. it right back out so it's it's really kind of neat and like sounds weird but like it's you can add like chorus and i think delay or maybe reverb uh or maybe a combination of them. It's, I felt a sprinkle, mm. but uh, but yeah. So like, there are guitars you can add a little bit of effects to. But how do you keep from getting bored with an acoustic guitar then? Because I mean, keyboards. You, you know, you got all sorts of buttons and weedly weedly bits over here and stuff. You can do stuff to. That's my extent of playing. Keyboards. You know, when you ask that, like, I think I get more bored with the keys than I do with the guitar, and I think it's because guitar. I'm just constantly learning. Uh, the keys, it's like you have, I don't remember exactly how many, you know, C to C, C to C. You have so many, but it's, the, it's just the range, but it's the same. Mm-hmm. Guitar, it's so, is versatile the right word? Like, versatile, it's like, you can put your finger on this string and this string and pluck these two strings and do it again in a different area and it's going to sound completely different or change your formation or, you know, I don't know. Um, I guess I'm more intrigued with the guitars because it's more of a challenge and that sounds how it sounds, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm every day that I play, every time I play a guitar, it's a challenge. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, you explained exactly like kind of what I was trying to get at earlier where like I learned music theory with a piano because you have like a section this big and then it repeats itself and it's the same pattern over and over and over and like seeing those patterns on a guitar is not as easy because it's like you go up 12 frets and it's the same note but right. you can go down a string and up 7 frets and it's the same or you can go down 2 strings and over 2 frets and it's the same just an octave up or it's like oh my gosh like this is so wild to think that and you, you know what's terrible is like as far as guitar goes I have not learned one scale I, to, I was went a long time before I ever learned to scale I think that maybe is why I think of it so structured on the piano because I did learn sheet music but guitar is like I'm just picking it up and I'm making sounds and whatever sounds good I'm going to go with it's do you think that's why do you enjoy playing the guitar well you, you kind of just said you kind of sometimes get more bored with the keyboards and guitar do you think that's why you enjoy the guitar more is because you don't feel like you're regimented on it probably because you, um, you weren't just like right and it's like the same melodies just, over and over and over and over and over and over again my um, sister played the piano so i got to hear that 
non-stop but nice yeah those are the best it's a thing, it's a thing. um i will say is it welburn's music here in town who's uh, is it welburn remans remans Ra- Ra- uh, yeah, yeah Re- them music them there is a welburn's in duran oklahoma that's okay. where i'm getting the mixture um we went in a couple weeks ago and i sat down on a keyboard first in months and as soon as i played it though i just felt alive oh. and so I don't know. Let me let me get another keyboard in front of me for you know, and that answer may be different. But it was just like as soon as it played, it was like I was home. I was like, ah, here it is. And I don't know. I guess, I guess I just don't know. Hmm. So yeah, there's a, no, no right or wrong <laughs> yeah. way to answer that question, I guess. But uh, um, you must answer. Give me a fine. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Repeat the question. <laughs> what keeps you from getting bored with a guitar was one of them. Oh, cause yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. I mean, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, we answered that one, and then we we got on a sidetrack. That's correct. I do that a lot. Hey, hey, it happens. We didn't really have much of a plan going into this, and you did send me like a little dossier of like this is the basic stuff, and it's over there on my phone, and I can't look at it. So I think we've covered most of it. We did most of it. We are 54 minutes in. Um, it's just close to an hour, and I and I don't want to just sit here and run dead air time and just try to like think of more questions. But is there anything that like I have not talked about that? was something you might like want to bring up was there like anybody super influential in your life musically or was there any anything like that that we didn't quite talk about or shout outs ton of shout outs oh yeah that's a that's a that's a tough one because once you start you can't stop um i can't forget this person oh no i I can't name everybody i will do a couple shout outs (laughs) just just a few um not a lot just you know physically in person shout outs um Clint, one of them. Mm-hmm. So welcoming. We said that at the very beginning. But um, Carl Crosby, he is a bassist pianist in southeast Oklahoma that has just been so supportive, so real. You know, like, hey, homie, like, you're, you got to tune your, tune your B string, like it's going out or D string or whatever. Um, but he has always been there to encourage me and to critique me. So shout out to him. Um, and also a shout out to my little sister. She's also been the same. Like, she heard me be terrible and she's heard me you know to where i'm at, at now and she, if it wasn't for her i probably wouldn't even be singing in public nice yeah it's a uh, nice has she always been this supportive let me ask you that um well, she's no but she's not been unsupportive just when i was terrible she's not the type to just sit back and you know say oh you should do that she's just like oh yeah yeah and yeah. then when she found out that i was invited to play that set last year she was like you've got to do it mm-hmm. she's like there are far worse people doing this uh, and you need to do it yeah, that's a tough one. That that's a tough one. I'll tell you what. Somebody brought that up on a podcast about a hundred episodes ago, and that's the it's the sad but real truth. And you know what though? Like, good for them. Yeah. <laughs> like, do it. But in about- a sense, it's like I don't want to be remembered as the girl that got up there that thought she couldn't. She couldn't. True, but. Also, you got to think, like, how much time did you waste being scared to get up there in front of people when these people were just like, I'm just going to do it from the start. Yes. You know, yes. that's the thing I look at with them. It's totally. like they have a jump start on this that's so much farther ahead of, of me just based on the fact that they made a goal and did it or just like chose to do it and did it. It's made their mind up. And it's like. And here I am. I'm just like, oh, I don't know if anybody's gonna like me. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I hate to, I hate to just sound like that guy, no. but everyone has those thoughts a little bit in their brain sometimes. So it's just like, oh, I just sure. maybe I'll go up there. I guess. You know? I didn't realize like, how big mine was, you know, until this. So, it's, thanks for that, though, for sure. <laughs> I hope to walk away with an expanded mindset. Well, I don't know. I will. It's, but I mean, hope it sticks. It'll definitely stick. I mean, it's. I feel like your time up here, your time before coming up here was definitely has influenced you to be the person that you are. And your time here has just kind of reinforced that, you know, it's, it's, it's just kind of, which is the best part about this music scene around here. And like I said, it's not like other music scenes are negative. I've talked to people from around the state. They love it where they're at. They found people they enjoy and it works. But uh, there's so much support going on up here that people, like you said, are just inviting you to play. Like, come play my breaks. I'll give you money. And it's like, what? Yeah, I'm like, keep your money. Just give me the time. (laughs) Like, what? Thank you. It's so crazy, you know. So it's it's wild to think there's people out there that are uh, that are doing that. And it's it's I just wish you nothing but the best of luck in the future. And, uh, you know, just eyes forward. Keep rocking. It's just one of those things. I I know you're kind of just, quote unquote, getting started. But uh yeah, it's like we said earlier, you, you definitely have the talent 
for this and there's plenty of people out there doing this that uh, might not have the talent and that was like me included when i first started because i'm not like the best singer so and people are like you're okay and it's like yes i'm okay but i'm not i can't do it alone i'm not the best at it and i've done shows alone and it's rough you know i was kind of that guy so uh take don't take your talent lightly well, i appreciate that absolutely yeah anything else but i think that's it all right we're gonna end it here uh i really appreciate you sitting down talking with me for um, sure yeah definitely till right. next time till next time all right I, I don't know if I could count with all my fingers and toes how many people the podcast has introduced me to uh, that I've never met, really, that I've sat down and talked to and got the opportunity to talk to. And it feels nice. It feels nice to get to know these people. And it feels nice to, you know, in some capacity, kind of chronologically describe how they got to where they were at at this certain point in time, you know, and then you have a little snapshot of their history here. You know, it's just, just kind of neat. I was uh, talking to somebody recently, and they were like, I listen to a lot of the podcasts. I, I listen to everyone uh, that has one there that's somebody that I know. And I, and I thought to myself, you know, that's awesome. Uh, it's great, because that's kind of how I listen to a majority of podcasts for a long, long time, especially like the comedy podcasts. And then it was like, you know what, there's, there's probably comedy gold hiding out in some of them hills. So I uh, went through some of the podcasts with people I didn't know, and I found some of my favorite comedians that way. So I, I kind of hope something kind of like that happens with uh, the at least this in some capacity where people will uh, backtrack and go through and listen to a few of the ones they haven't listened to. So, uh, hey, you know what, if uh, you didn't know Nisha and you just ran into this episode and you were like, hey, I got all the way to here and I listened to this one and I got to know Nisha and I... I saw her at a jam night or something, and I, I never got to talk to her either. Well, boom, this all worked out wonderfully, and I'm uh, really appreciative. I'm appreciative of you listening, and I'm appreciative of Nisha for taking time out of her day to come and talk to me. Uh, you know, she has not played too many shows in the Iowa area, but uh, that's it's one of those things I think I very know, well know she's capable. You know, I've uh, tried to convince her to come up at breaks at certain places, uh, when I'm playing shows and she uh, sometimes turns us down and you know whatever but at jam nights she's usually up there doing some singing so it's one of those things that I feel like uh, as much as people are willing to and as much as they're comfortable with I'm uh, okay with enabling them to uh, have as much fun doing that as they want to at least with music so uh, hey if uh, you know it's one of those things I've, I've played a lot of shows recently and i talked about it on a, a podcast not too long ago how there's starting to become uh, openers on local shows which is pretty honestly pretty cool it doesn't happen a lot but it happens uh, enough and uh, i think it's just a fun way for people to kind of get to know other musicians in the area whether it be the venues or the uh the fans or whoever uh, happens to be at the show so hey uh I, one more time nisha thank you very much for sitting down and talking with me I appreciate it. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Uh, I had a great time sitting down talking with her. And uh, I, hope, I hope I'm doing a good job of prying into the questions and, and diving in deep like I need to uh, talking to these people. I always sit there and think, like, what would I, if I was listening to this as a podcast driving down the road, what would be the thing I would be yelling at the radio saying, uh, I would have, I want to ask this, I would have asked that. So I try to ask those kind of questions uh, without being ridiculously invasive, of course. But, you know, hey. Uh, what I can get out of people is is plenty good and uh, Nisha did a great job on this episode especially with being uh, honest about you know like being nervous or the first shows or what you know what she thought about things and uh, that's that's what makes these good episodes so once again thank you very much for checking that out I don't think Nisha has any social media uh, pages so uh, I, I know she has some social media accounts so uh, that's that's there probably won't be any links down below, but uh, unfortunately for her. But there are some Audible Farm links down below. If you guys are looking for Audible Farm goodies, it's down there below. There's uh, AudibleFarm.com. That has links to everything, all the social medias, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Go ahead and subscribe, like, follow, and share on all of those. And uh, you can listen to the latest episode from there or listen to it on YouTube or wherever you're listening to it now. And wherever you are listening to it, go ahead and leave us a review. Five stars. Uh, uh, leave us something in the descriptions uh, one star even I don't care just something in there whatever you need to do uh, leave us a, a review a little description of what you think about the podcast uh, it takes two seconds for you and it makes me smile for a long time so thank you guys very much for doing that uh, hit subscribe on YouTube if you'd like to otherwise uh, the Audible Farm shop is available at shop.audiblefarm.com 
And guess what? The hoodies are in. I just got to get them shipped. The, they're done. They're ready. Uh, I, I didn't want to make the journey to go pick them up, so I'm going to get let them get shipped, and, and the shipping time does not take long. So um, maybe by the time this episode comes out, may, may, maybe not quite by then. But, uh, yeah, they'll definitely be reactivated in the shop soon, very, very soon, this week. Keep checking it. Go to the shop. Spam the shop. Say, I want, I want those hoodies. Comment on this episode somewhere and say, hoodies, yes, or something. Uh, yeah, but thank you guys very much for listening. Those hoodies are coming in. Everyone that pre-ordered one, I will be contacting you uh, shortly with your hoodie. So thank you guys. And then I'll have some left over, and when they're gone, I'm, I'm not sure. Last time it took me like a year to get more hoodies in, so I guess if you want one, you might, might want to snag one. And uh, yeah, I appreciate everyone that did the pre-ordering, and anyone that's bought any Audible Farm merch or anything. And uh, yeah, one little anecdote before I take off. I... Uh, played a show this week with three finger betty on a tuesday a tuesday early show which uh you know i guess if you're in the uh local music scenes around uh tuesday early shows don't necessarily draw like too big of a crowd but guess who did show up to the show lee clett who's been on the podcast before he he drove to a show in des moines to watch three finger betty play hats off to lee clett oh man check him out i know he's busy this week uh starting maybe yeah, he's definitely going to be busy this week. This comes out Thursday. Check him out somewhere. I know he's all over the state. Uh, he plays with the boys. Uh, he plays all across the state, like I said. He plays up in north central Iowa, down to central and western, and, and you name it. So he's out there crushing it. But uh, thanks for coming to the show, Lee. Appreciate it. It's awesome. Supporting live music. That's how it's done, ladies and gentlemen. So, uh, yeah, appreciate it. I'm out. The- Peace.